Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with A's Special Assistant, Grady Fuson. After a strange season with no actual minor league baseball, he's been down at the A's minor league complex for the past month, working with some of the A's top prospects at their instructional league camp in Arizona. So we wanted to take the chance to talk with him and get his insights on some of the A's top prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Grady. Good to see you, Bill. So, uh, you know, we haven't talked in a while because there hasn't been uh, any minor league baseball to talk about in a while. But uh, fortunately, you've been down there at the Instructional League camp in Arizona for the past month or so, getting your eyes on some of the A's prospects uh, who haven't really been in action most of the year. But I wanted to ask you about a bunch of those guys. But before I do, I wanted to ask you about the situation you had down there. I know there was briefly a, a shutdown at the camp there because you had someone testing positive for COVID. So can you, you're back in action now, fortunately, but can you tell me a little bit about that situation, what happened there? Yeah, it was one test, and we kind of believed that it ended up being a false positive because it was tested five times in the next three days, and they were all negative. So, okay, good. you know, we lost a couple of days in the process, but the bottom line is that uh, the, the player had no symptoms and you know, we, we kind of thought it ended up being a false positive. Right. Oh, well, that, that that's the best possible scenario. If you have a positive, hopefully it's a false positive. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so that's great. Um, well, I did want to ask you about uh, about some of the healthy prospects you've had down there and you've had a chance to, to see on the field, and the rest of us haven't had a chance to see in action for a long time. And a guy that I was really looking forward to seeing this year is outfielder Greg Dykeman. You know, he ended up 2019 having that great season in the Arizona Fall League and, and leading the Fall League in home runs it looked like he was really starting to to round into maybe the kind of player the A's had hoped he'd be when they drafted him a, a few years ago so can you tell me where you think uh, things are at with Greg Dykeman these days well he, he actually performed very well on the alt site 
and he's had a few struggles down here, not not from a skill standpoint, but I think from a mental standpoint. I thought he, you know, in talking to him, he kind of thought he would come down here and just absolutely dominate or had to dominate. I think he put a little extra pressure on himself down here. Uh, nothing's changed in the skill level. This guy can throw. He's he's good at outscoring. He's got serious pop. Uh, but he just doesn't control the strike zone as good as he needs to, you know, thinking about where he goes in the next year or two. Mm. Now, that's interesting. Yeah, I'd heard good things about him at the alt site as well, so was 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 hoping that he'd uh, carry that through to the instructional league. Hopefully he'll get a chance to get on track and show what he can do this uh, this coming year, uh, assuming things get back on track. Uh, another guy that, you know, I think a lot of us were really eager to see in action this past season was uh, shortstop Nick Allen. You know, last we, uh, last we knew, uh, you know, he had that great start for Stockton in 2019. Everyone knows what a great defensive short stop he, he is, but he, he was really hitting the ball so well in Stockton in 2019 before he got injured. So uh, can you tell me where uh, where things are at with Nick Allen these days? He's definitely on time. He's, uh, like we've talked about, he's a premier infielder. Um, he's probably major league performance ready at the big league level. <clears throat> you know, the bat's always been the thing we've been, you know, trying to develop and what kind of hitter he's going to be. And and he's starting to be that guy. He knows more today than he did two years ago about the kind of hitter he is, where he needs to hit the ball, where his strike zone is. Um, and he's done a very good job. He had a little bit of a slow start down here. He was hacking early, but he cleaned that up. And uh, I would say the last couple of weeks he's been pretty good. Oh, that's good. I mean, defensively, he could probably play in the major leagues right now, and, and the A's could potentially have an opening there, but it's a shame he didn't get a chance to get a, a season in double-A this year where he could really, uh, you know, work on his bat a little more there. Yeah, it's a shame for all these kids. That, you know, for the most part, they've they've lost the season. The, the Certainly the 10 or 12 guys that we got in this camp that were in the all-site, you know, they've got a collection of about 200 at-bats total. But, you know, the problem is even in this camp down here, you know, you're looking at, you know, just 50, maybe 55 at-bats tops. The guy yeah. played the most. Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean nothing replaces like a real season of competitive uh, minor league baseball. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's the whole thing's been strange for everybody you know, <laughs> from day one. From the day we left here till till now, it's, been nothing like I've ever seen before, I can tell you that. Right, that's for sure. Well, speaking of shortstops, fortunately, Nick Allen isn't the only talented one you've got in the system. You know, the A's uh, top draft pick in 2019 was shortstop Logan Davidson. And unfortunately, we only got to see half a season of him in Vermont. You know, uh, he wasn't able to get on the field this year because there were no games this year. But he, you've had him down there in the instructional league camp. And I, I think he's someone who, uh, who maybe has impressed you during the past month or so. Is that right? Yeah, he's been very good. I think his biggest growth, uh, you could say, was in the offside. You know, he's kind of growing up right in front of our eyes, even just having a half season. But uh, he's big. He's becoming more physical. He can really play anywhere you want on the left side of the infield. He's probably our most accurate thrower of any infielder we have. Um the left-handed swing is becoming pure. He's loading better. He's got a chance to do damage. 
the only thing that's been very, very tough for him to get right handed swings. So, you know, in the all sites, they only had one left handed pitcher. And, you know, every time we face a left hander down here, we're trying to get him a right handed swing, whether he's on the lineup or not. But, you know, that's the one thing that's kind of been short this year. Right, right. So maybe he's uh, a little more comfortable swinging from the left side at this point because he just hasn't had many, many opportunities from the other side. Yeah, very, very few and far between. Now, uh, also speaking of shortstops, you've also got the the young kid, the top international signing, Robert Poisson, and uh, he's still a teenager. I'm I'm sure he's still very raw, but uh, but very talented as well. So, what have you been seeing out of them, out of him down there in the instructional league? Well, he's uh, he's extremely quick to twitch, live body kid. He's got passion for playing the game. Um, he's got some tools he can throw. It's quick release. Uh, the ball can get off his bat at times. He's just learning how to play the game and and play the game at a tempo and a rhythm um, where he can defend and 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 have quality abs. He's no different than any other very young kid. They need to learn how to control the strike zone. They need to learn how to play the instinctive part of the game what bases to throw to, when not to throw, how to become more accurate, footwork, throwing angles. But uh, that takes away from nothing of the skills that this kid has at the age of, what is he, 17, 18? Yeah, I think I think so. And speaking of young players that you know seem to be pretty talented, the other guy that intrigues me is uh, Brian Buelvis, the outfielder who you know had really put up one of the best seasons in the Arizona League last year as a as a very young teenager. What have you seen out of him in the camp down there? He's had a tough go here. Uh, all the guys that were around him in the off site uh, were very proud of his performance and you know, the way you went about it, um, competing against all these older players. But down here in this camp, I think he just kind of run out of gas. <laughs> and uh, he's had a rough go at the plate. And, uh, you know, he's going to go home with, with having, you know, somewhere between 100 and 125, 50 at-bats between the outside and the air. But uh, this camp here hasn't been his best. Yeah, I was hearing good things about him at the alt side, too. So uh, I, I, I guess just like a regular season, guys can't keep it up from beginning to end necessarily. You know? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it comes and goes. They're young kids. That's why they're in development mode, you know. Right, right. Now, speaking of outfield prospects, uh, one guy who's not there in the instructional league, and he wasn't at the alt, alt camp either, is Lazarito, Lazaro Armenteras. And, you know, last we saw him was when he was in Stockton leading all minor leaguers in strikeouts in 2019. And I just thought it was kind of interesting he wasn't invited to the alternate camp or the instructional league camp. But can you tell me where you think things are at with, uh, with Lazaro? Well, I can't tell you where things were at. I can just tell you where things were left because, you know, he hasn't been around since, uh, you know, the early March. Right. But in, in his case, it was it was kind of like the Beck situation in the alt side. We just we ran out of spots. Right. And, uh, you know, same thing for John Air. We just ran out of spots. And this was a group of outfielders that, you know, we ter- we determined that, it needed some more time and needed our attention and needed this camp probably a little bit more. 
And uh, you mentioned the other guy I wanted to ask you about, of course, the other the A's other top outfield prospect, Austin Beck, who was their top draft pick a few years ago. You know, he's had some challenges in, in his development as well. Like you mentioned, he wasn't invited to the alt camp, but he is there in the instructional league camp. So can you tell me where things uh, seem to be with Austin Beck at this point? Yeah, same spot. I mean, he's, he's uh, I, I would actually say the first half of the camp, things were kind of normal to him. Uh, the ball coming off okay, uh, chasing a little bit in the strike zone. Uh, but the last week and a half, things have changed. The at-bats are better. The ball's coming off better. <clears throat> He's hitting more bombs in, in, uh, in BP. Uh, he's gotten a couple of big hits here lately. Uh, the defensive side of the game has is, is, is been good. Um, he's, he's under control. He's doing those kind of things well. So, yeah, we'll see where it takes us. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting once these guys finally get a chance to get back on the field in actual competitive games next year, and we, we can see what kind of progress they've actually been able to make. Now, a guy down there that everyone's interested in is this year's top draft pick for the A's, catcher Tyler Soderstrom. Now, um, you know, everyone's talked about him really seeming to be, you know, pretty advanced hitter for, for his age, be, still being a teenager. But, you know, as we know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot involved when you're learning the catching position. Position too, particularly coming out of high school. But where do you feel he's at on both sides of the ball? Does he appear to be that kind of mature, advanced hitter for his age? And and uh, what about things behind the plate and and whether or not he sticks there down the road? This kid's as good as any young high school college hitter we've taken in the first round. I mean, I'm, I go back to you know Grieve and Shavi and. <laughs> and guys like that, and this kid's right there, man. This kid, and he's probably he's more physical than Green was when we took him. <clears throat> um, I think he's got a better understanding of the strike zone than Shadows did. Uh, this kid's really, really advanced. The ball comes off hard. Uh, he's got serious power. Um, he's got a mature move. Separation, load, move at the plate. This this guy's got a really he's got a chance to really impact the game <clears throat> offensively, defensively. You know it's rough, um, but I still you know I've been I've been with him for a month now, and he's got the skills to go back there and catch. It's an average arm. It's a pretty good release. He's starting to frame the ball better. But it's just going to take some time to drill out the edges, you know, of all the little details that go into blocking, footwork, all those kind of things. So there's, you know, there's balls that he blocks, there's balls that he doesn't. Right. The block ball and keep it in front of you. There's balls that get through the wickets at times. I mean, it's it, you know, raw is the right word to use. Uh, but there's no doubt. There's no need to. Think about moving him to another position at all right now. He's got the skills needed to go back there. Yeah, I think people don't appreciate just how much is involved in developing a, a young catcher, particularly, you know, a high school catcher. There's just so much involved in that position that no matter how talented they are, it's it's going to take time, right? Oh, yeah, and especially when you think about him going to the off-site, 
you know, and he's catching guys like Puck with filthy sliders and 96-mile-an-hour <laughs> heaters and, you know, trying to block that kind of thing. You know, you could be a little shell-shocked for a while. <laughs> uh, the first eight. game here, the first game here, he dropped and more balls went by him than he caught. <laughs> and when you think of the way he's receiving now and blocking balls, you can see big-time improvement just in the last three weeks. Right. So right. Gato does a super job uh, you know, drilling these catchers out on a daily basis. Footwork, block, framing. Day in and day out, these guys are going through it. It's one of those things that's going to take some time, but time and repetition and his skills, I, I think he's got a chance to get through pretty good. Now, the other interesting thing this year, one of the many strange things this year, is we had a bit of an abbreviated draft. You know, you only got five draft picks this year, and this has pretty much been your first chance to see any of them. So besides uh, Tyler Soderstrom, can you talk a little bit about some of the other guys? There's three new pitchers down there, Criswell, Acker, and Emanuels. Uh, have you had a chance to see much out of those guys this month? Yeah, seen plenty. Uh, Criswell, big guy, good body, big stuff. Up to 97, 98, kind of pitches around 95. Um, it's a real good slider when he commands it, gets it around the outer half of the strike zone. But, you know, he's a guy that comes to us with, you know, some issues with his delivery and, and mechanics, and command is an issue. So, um, you know, we're getting to him. We're explaining some things to him. I think he's grabbing on, so it's – it's going to be interesting how he comes back if and when we have a spring training and, and you know, start to try and clean this guy up a little bit. But there's no denying his stuff. Um, Acker has a pure delivery. Good-bodied kid. He's six foot three. Uh, he's got good arm action. He's on line. He's up to 94, 95, kind of pitches at 92 and three. He's got a good breaking ball. Um, he, there's no doubt he should be a strike thrower down the road. Um, Emmanuel's is a big six, five lanky bodied guy that, uh, kind of peels off the mound a little bit, but he pitches around 93. He's got a really good slider. Uh, he's another guy we need to get him around the strike zone better, but, um, you know, a pretty good group. Um, and then the last guy that has been, Extremely impressive, even though he's had a hammy pull and a cramp on his thigh early in camp, is is Michael Goldberg. Um, you know, not the most physical guy in the world. Uh, this guy did not he, he did not play center in college. He played left. He's a runner. He always, you know, he always hit in college. This guy is showing us all the instincts in the world to be a baseball player. He's got a chance to hit. He attacks the baseball. Um, he's not a Judy. He's got a little more thump in there than thought. He's got to learn how to play center. I mean, that's the, you know, that's the position where we need him to go. We haven't had great time with him because, like I said, he had, the, he had the quad thing early, and now he's finished up the camp with a hammy. But he has been impressive instinctually knows how to play the game, where to be, how to get there, um, has played the infield in the past. So who, who knows? We may dabble, you know, at some point at second base with him, depending on 
<clears throat> where we're at in the system, but um, he's been impressive. Well, that's that's interesting because I know he was a bit of a, more of an under the radar pick uh, in the draft, but I know your area scout down there in Georgia, Jamel Spearman, was very high on him when I when I talked to him about him, and uh, he was very glad to see uh, to see the A's get him. So that's interesting to hear. I know you've just got a couple of minutes left, but there's just a, a couple pitchers I always have to check in about and ask you about, and that's Parker Dunchy and Brian Howard. I know I was getting good reports on them out of the alt site where. Uh, people were telling me Dunchy was throwing a little harder, and, and Brian Howard was was using a three-quarter delivery, and that seemed to you know make some difference for both of them. But can you tell me what you've seen out of them down there in the uh, in the instructional league camp? Yeah, you know, I, I think we've all known that you know Howard and Dunchy. There, there's a lot of similarities between the two. They both don't have big stuff, but they got solid stuff. They both have a big mix of of pitches in their repertoire. Uh, you can see them carve people up for an inning or two, and then you can see them kind of, you know, get themselves in trouble. Um, we started out with Howard. Gil wanted to lower his arm slack for a little bit. Uh, the first part of camp, we toyed with that on his sides. He wasn't real fond of it. By the time he started going live again, he kind of brought it back up. But there's a spot in there if he doesn't have as much head lean where his arm could settle in at three-quarter. Um, you know, but him and Parker both have shown more velocity down here than we've ever seen. So Parker's been up to threes and fours. Howard's been up to fives and sixes. Yeah. Obviously, it's a shorter stance. Um, they both pitched well. There's times where they get hit a lot. You know, contact off those guys at the big league level will be the deciding factor, you know. So, but, uh, you know, they're where our pitching system is right now. They're in the, you know, top, top, uh, top group of our guys. Right. It's always interesting to check in on those guys because I know they're kind of, you know, development projects, and it's interesting to see what kind of progress they're making. Well, thank you so much. It's always great talking to you and getting some insights on these guys. You know, like I said, we haven't had a chance to get our eyes on them, and you really haven't either here until <laughs> until the last month. So um, it's great to check in and see where these guys are at. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with us today, Grady. Okay, Billy, anytime. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our Ace Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find updates on the A's top prospects and all the news about the A's minor league system on our Ace Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm Ace Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. 
Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.